Luke chapter 12. Jesus speaking to a large crowd of people when we enter into the story. Verse 13. Someone in the crowd said to him, remember, large crowd, probably considerably larger than this crowd this morning. And so it would be as if I was taking a pause and somebody in the crowd blurts this out. Listen to what the blurt out is. Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Awkward. Okay. This is an awkward moment. Jesus replied, man, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? Then he said to them, watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man produced a good crop. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of good things laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool. This very night, your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with anyone who stores up things for himself but is not rich toward God. You fool. Not what we want to hear on the day when our lives are demanded of us. And we don't know when that is. Jane didn't know that, you know, that was going to happen this past week. We don't, we, we don't know when that is. Doctors can tell us, can give us ideas. Nobody knows. The Lord knows how many days we have. We're looking forward to more days. And, we, and it would be our, our desire, and we could take a vote, and we'd probably have a majority here. Our desire would be that the Lord Jesus would come back today. And none of us would have our lives demanded of us in that, in that regard as far as dying. I think we would all prefer that we would still be here when he comes back and meet him in the air. That's going to be an amazing moment. We were just singing about that a little bit ago. And it would be our desire, that's why we, sing, that's why we say, come quickly, Lord Jesus, Maranatha. Come quickly. We're, we're ready. Those of us who, are, who, who know Jesus are ready. So we're looking forward to that. But if that doesn't happen before our lives are demanded of us, what's the Lord going to say to us? Well, on this Labor Day weekend, I wanted, I wanted us to use this parable to think a little bit about our work and how that fits into how the Lord will greet us in glory.
a key statement in the parable. The first phrase, the ground of a certain rich man produced a good crop. The ground. That's what I want to think about for a second. Why did Jesus, in his story, mention the ground producing the good crop? Because the rich man, obviously, in the story, obviously didn't recognize that. What was the rich man's focus about his job as a farmer? And remember, this is just one kind of employment. Put your job, put your vocation, your, you know, what, what you do, whether it's school, and there are a lot of students in, with us this morning. Think about it. What's our focus? And Jesus, I think, uses this phrase, the ground, as a reminder We don't do it. We don't do it. Oh, this rich man and and his staff, his crew, they worked hard for that harvest to come in. Even though the ground was producing it, they worked hard. There's no no way to to farm and not work hard to to get a good crop. You're not going to get a good crop without working hard. You got to you've got to work smart too. You got to plant at the right time. You got to and at certain times you got to be be cultivating, taking care of the weeds, or or your your crop is not going to be good. And it's hard hard work. So Jesus isn't saying this rich man didn't work. But what Jesus is saying is this rich man forgot about something that's very important. Our work. And the results of our work are just what we were singing about earlier this morning. All these blessings come for what reason? You remember what you sang? All these blessings come that we might praise him. Did you get any praising here? Did you notice any praising? What, what was praised in the, in the parable? Me, mine, and my. I, me, mine. This guy had one thought on his mind. Some of you um, who read the newsletter noticed a couple weeks ago I, I referred to an, an old movie called Shenandoah where an old actor, great actor named Jimmy Stewart, um, the, the patriarch of the family, was seated around the table with his family and his prayer went something like this. I'm not quoting exactly. Something along these lines. Lord, we thank you for this food that we raised on this farm that we, that we cleared, on the, on the land that we tilled, and in the harvest that we brought in, and that we, co- and that we cooked, and we thank you all the same. Very similar to this man's attitude. After, after someone read that article in the, uh, in the newsletter, that story in the newsletter, they say hey, there's, a, there's a common, a current day one, a new one, of those, I won't name the the, uh, the 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 celebrity that did this because some of you might be huge fans, and I don't want to offend you. But when he was or he or she was getting uh, was being was being honored with their their I think it's their handprint 
you know, in the cement, is that what it is, hand printer? I think it is. When they were receiving that honor, you know, usually when people receive that honor, they stand there and they say, well, first, yeah, I want to thank, you know, some, some people thank God and want to thank my parents or thank my, you know, various people, producers or writers or whatever, these kind of things. This person stood there and said, I want to thank myself. I did all this work. I used my creativity. I did all this right. You know, he just went on, or she, he or she went on, on and on about thanking them. They just thanked themselves. They, they'd seen enough people giving everybody else thanks. This person thanked himself. Some of you might remember a few years ago, I had the opportunity to go to the, uh, the Open Championship in golf in, uh, in England. And um, great, great spectacle, great event for people who like golf and history of golf and all that kind of thing. And on, on the 18th hole, they had a stadium set up, you know, around it, horseshoe kind of stadium where so many people. And so as the golfers came up, you know, they were coming into this great crowd. And not even on the final day, the guy wasn't even leading the tournament, but this one golfer, as he walked up, and he was getting a great applause because he's a very popular golfer, and it, it was it, he was particularly popular on that particular weekend because he was from Spain, and they were honoring an, an, another Spaniard who had died, uh, Seve Ballesteros, and, and so there was a lot of thinking about that. And, and anyway, so as this Spaniard comes walking up onto the 18th green, the people were cheering, standing, cheering, and he he walked up there had his putter in his hand, and he just got in the middle of the green, and he just went. And he just soaked in the praise. Just took it all in. And then, I don't know if he made his putter or not. I was so amazed by how he just took all that, all that praise in. That was this guy. That was the guy in Jesus' parable. There's something that we need to do with our work. Whatever it is, even even work that we're not particularly crazy about. We need to thank God. We need to recognize that no matter how hard we worked, for that paycheck or for that bonus or, or for whatever, whatever recognition or pay, because some of it's recognition. The students, sometimes it's the grade. If you get that high score on the paper or on the test, our temptation is to think, look what I did. Our first thought as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, as those who recognize that he is our creator and our sustainer and our savior, you know what those three things tell us about ourselves? We're not self-made. We didn't do this. Whatever it is that we've done, we didn't do this. We have a creator. He brought us into this world. He gave us life. Oh, we think, well, our parents did it. No, our parents did not do that. They were participants but they didn't do it. They didn't make all that happen. They didn't make that, that life. We have a creator. We have a sustainer. You know what that means? He's keeping everything working. He's making it work. He's the one who's keeping this 
ball of clay that we're on, etc., clay, etc. There's other parts too, I recognize. He's the one that's keeping it in the right orbit around the sun at the right distance, spinning at the right rate, and all of those things. All that stuff has to be working right all the time. So he's sustaining that. He's the one who's making this in, listen, you can feel it, you can't see it. There's something that, there's something out here. It works. It goes in, it does something in us, and then we get rid of it, because if we held it too long, we die, but he enabled us to get rid of it, so we get rid of it, and, and when we get rid of it, it doesn't poison anybody else, unless you're in too tight of a room for too small, you know, for too short a time. But I mean, it's amazing. We have a, a, a a creator. We have a sustainer. We have a savior. So even with all these other blessings that he does of life and, and, and science and all these things that work because he created and sustains it, then he also saves us because all of us have rebelled against him, the, the creator and the sustainer. Everybody has sinned against him. We've all rebelled against him. And so he provides a savior to us to forgive us of our rebellion, to forgive us of our sins. We were born, we were singing about that this morning. We were born in sin. We've been sinning since we were tiny little kids. And we kept doing it. Till finally, and hopefully in all of our cases, if not, maybe this is the day for this. At some point, we come to a realization that we need a savior. We need somebody who can forgive us of our sins because we've all tried. We've all tried to to reform ourselves. We've all tried to change. We've all tried to, to repent on our own, to turn away from those sinful things, and we can't until we put our trust in Jesus. And there the, and then the Bible says that he sends his Holy Spirit to come into our lives and cleanse it, gives us new birth. Make we're we're that far gone that he uses the analogy that we need to be born again the first birth brought nothing but rebellion sin and his wrath his judgment but receiving Jesus gives us new birth by the Holy Spirit forgiveness of sins and the opportunity then to live and to work for his glory. How often do workers, and that's all of us, and, I, and again, it's all of us, students, you're a worker, as we talked about this morning. Retirees, you're still a worker. You're not off the hook. You know that. I don't have to tell you that. All of us are workers. And we work for the glory of God. Look look with me in Colossians chapter 3. I can't go have a message on Labor Day weekend without referring to this passage. It's uh, it's so loud and clear. Colossians chapter 3 verse 17. Colossians 3:17. As he goes through a, a section here where he describes how we're supposed to be treating each other and the, and the way that we're supposed to be living among each other as believers, he says, to, to, to kind of cap it all off, he says, and whatever you do, 
Okay, that whatever's a big word. Whatever you do, kids, whatever you do, school, home chores, whatever the circumstances, whatever you do, whether in word or in deed, he's trying, you get the idea he's trying to cover all the bases? Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Now, you hope you kept your finger back in Luke 12. You don't do that. And you get this, you fool, you fool. The character in Shenandoah was a fool. Great actor, but the, char- the, the, the person in that story was a fool. The, the current day celebrity who says, thank me, is a fool. We didn't do this. Whatever it is, whatever our accomplishments, whatever our acclaim, we did not do this. Yes, we were part of it. We we were a vessel in it. But we didn't do it. No matter what it is, We didn't do it. So we thank him for the body, for the mind, for the opportunity, for the success, whatever it might be. We thank him. And we recognize that one of the reasons that he did it for us was not just to provide for our families. That's a big part of it. That, that, that alone is enough for us to give him thanks. But it isn't just to provide for our families. It's also to give us an opportunity to shine for him in whatever that environment is. Wherever it is we're doing, what it is that we do, that we would shine for him. I was blessed this week when the news of, of Jane Smith's passing, you know, sort of made its rounds through e- emails and that kind of thing. And I would get some responses. And, and some of the responses were, she held my babies. That means a lot to a, a, a mother and a father. To have a faithful holder of the baby. Jane did it in a way that glorified God. She didn't call attention to herself in doing it. Lots of those home, those home Auburn games, you know, they don't some some of them don't get over till late. That didn't stop Jane from getting here on Sunday morning and holding those babies. But she did it in a way that brought that brought him great glory. 
whatever we do, whether it's having a great crop for a farmer or a great bonus, a great promotion, a great recognition from a, you know, an industry standard, you know, whatever, whatever it is, we do it for his glory so that when we're blessed, we're among those who give him the thanks and give him the credit and him the glory. And it's, it's an important part of our relationship with him. It's also an important part of our witness to others. People need to hear people say, thank you, God. People need to hear people say, praise God. He's good to me. I thank him for this blessing. I thank him for this promotion. I thank him for this paycheck. Is that a regular part of your experience in walking with Christ? Thanking him every week or every other week or every month or every year, whenever your paycheck comes in? Are you one who makes it a habit, an important part of your life to say thank you, God, for this? Even though it, be, it becomes mundane because it just keeps happening over and over and over again. It's important for us not to think that there's just some money machine somewhere that just keeps on cranking it out as long as we keep clocking in. No, there's a God in heaven who sends his Holy Spirit into those who believe in his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to do that work every hour, every day for his glory and then to return thanks to him and praise to him for giving us the opportunity and the ability and the reward. All of it we give him praise and glory for. And remember, it doesn't mean that we, that we don't do something. We do something. We do it all, whatever it is. We do it for the glory of God. We're a part of it. But even that part of it, we return thanks for. Because it's an opportunity that he's given to us. And so on this Labor Day weekend, as we enjoy it, hopefully we're all going to enjoy it in, in, in various ways. As we enjoy it, let's remember to give him thanks. For something that for some of us is, that is as awful as our job, to give him thanks for it. Because he's using it, not only to provide for us, but he's also using it to give us a platform of witness, of shining, of letting those around us know whose we are and who we give the credit to, who we give the praise to. That is a loud statement in this world, in this day and age, where all the focus is on me, my, and mine. It's great for people to find out that there are those who recognize that there is a creator. There is a sustainer. There is a savior. And we need all of him 
We need everything that he does, and we give him thanks for all of it. Whatever we do, in word or deed, we do it all for his glory. When we do that, we won't hear this response, you fool. We'll instead hear the response that we'll find in another parable from Matthew chapter 25, where he says, well done, my good and faithful servant. We took the whatevers he gave us, and we did it for his glory. And the result of that is well done. Now remember, he doesn't give these parables to show the way of salvation. We aren't saved by recognizing that God is the one who gives us our work and who enables us to do our work. And we praise him for it. We're not saved because of that. We're not forgiven because of that. But because we are forgiven through our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, because we are changed by the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives and the renewal of our minds from his word, because we are his people, we are his children, then we operate differently. We have a different kind of recognition about what's going on in the world. And we say, thank you, God. We say, praise you, God, for this opportunity, for this paycheck, for this recognition. Thank you, God. And may you use me tomorrow to honor you again. Because you will always deserve my praise and my honor because of what you have done, because of who you are and what you've promised to do. Let's bow together for prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we want to thank you this morning that our ground has been productive. You did that. Thank you for the interests, for the brains, for the personalities, for the physical strength and endurance to do the work in the whatever circumstances that we're in. And all of us here this morning are in different circumstances, and you've given us lots of whatevers to do. We want to thank you for putting us in position. We want to thank you for the results. Whether they're meager this time or enormous this time, we give you the thanks. And we thank you for always meeting our needs. And we pray that you would use us as your workers, not only in your church, but also in our jobs, in our schools, on our teams, in our homes, whatever the circumstances. We pray that you would use us to bring you the honor and glory that you deserve. Not only through our songs on Sunday mornings, but through everything that we do with every opportunity that you give us. Because you are our creator, our sustainer, and our savior. Father, for those that are here this morning who can't yet say that you're their savior because they haven't put their trust in Jesus, they haven't yet 
believed that he is the one and only son who could go to the cross to bear the wages of their sins on his own body and then rise again to give him the opportunity to send his Holy Spirit to come and live in each of us who believe, to give us forgiveness of sins and the gift of eternal life. Father, may they recognize their opportunity this morning to enter into that relationship, that that eternal relationship with him. Give them that wisdom, that faith, that courage to say, yes, Jesus, I believe in you. And in doing so, turning away from everything else that they were believing and everything else that they were doing and living their lives for your glory now by your power. Help them to do that today, Father. Father, for those of us who have, we praise you. Thank you so much for what you have done and are doing and will do in our lives for eternity. And it's in Jesus' great name we pray. Amen.